This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is Bazzy's Backdoor Cinema, episode number 7. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. That's right, we're back in <laughs> a video format. If you're one of the posh bastards out there supporting the evil tyranny that is Spotify, or the even more evil, evil tech company, YouTube, that will ensure that this is now demonetized, which means, Baz, we can say whatever the fuck we want. Uh, anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first of two Bazzy's Backdoor Cinemas that you're getting in this month of December, bringing us out to the end of the podcast year. The first one, um, the one that we're on just now, a lot to say about this one, but the next one, for all you true crime buffs out there, will be out in a few weeks' time after this, and... If you like the work we did talking about um, the old Bible John uh, on our, our BBC review for that documentary, then you are going to love our review of The Ice Cream Wars, which is a, a new two-parter documentary that the BBC has just recently released. So we'll be doing that as well. But before we get ahead of ourselves and plan out more episodes and talk about all that stuff, Let's get down to a little bit of business. Joining me on this episode is the star of the show, of course. He is the man. He is the myth. He's the motherfucking legend. He is the Baz. Handy hawk, sexy frau lines. Martin <laughs> <and> sugar tits. <laughs> All right, the percape. There, we're, we're, we're down to clown on this one. And we've upgraded, because we're confident now that nothing can fuck up, we've upgraded from coffee and tea to actual alcohol on the booze and on yep. the video <laughs> the booze cruise is taking off man. Let's all aboard how are you doing i'm doing all right i am excited to the point of fainting <laughs> at the prospect of this saturday's sexy sexy shenanigans so this will be in the past when this comes out, but yeah, me and Baz uh, will have made our way to Glasgow. Hey, it might still be ongoing by the time this comes out. One of us might be missing. There may be a campaign, a national campaign, to try and find one of us. Um, so that's that's highly possible. <laughs> yeah. And all that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be out with uh, with Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam versus Evil as we are all together combined, very much like when the Power Rangers come together and they make that Mega's fucking droid or whatever, I don't know. I should have, why did I not use the one that I always use? But that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say Power Rangers and they all come together and make Mega Power Ranger. Uh, that's going to be us. We're going to all get on top of each other and make a human totem and wear a giant raincoat and see if they'll let us into a nightclub. Um <laughs> so. For three, because we're so freakishly tall. Because we're so freakishly tall. Um, and we appear to be able to throw our voice. And we have four dicks. 
that's that's the real reason we'll get in. Um, the, we are going out to have a few drinks. We are. We're going out to try an escape room. That's where I thought you were going with that we might be still in there, that we might have fallen out with each other that much we're still in the escape room. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> the jokes have been flying around because, although BuzzFeed like, comes across as kind of aloof, footless and fancy free, um, he's a stickler for the rules, and we've been joking in the chat that... Um, rules, there's chaos. That we'll try and do a bit of chaos, and Baz is not having any of it, so... We may still be in there. Um, I've got a wee ace in the hole for that escape room anyway. Is that a key? <laughs> kind of. It's as good as. <laughs> You're just abuse to the owners. Let me fucking out, you cunt! Well, I, I figure they've got to have some form of camera in there so that they know that you're okay for safety. I would hope so, but this is Scotland's book. This we don't so have no fighters. If we can't get out, I'll just masturbate on everything, <laughs> and eventually somebody's <laughs> going to come running in and tell me to stop. There you go, crack the case, boys. This is going to cost you a fortune in disinfectant. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll need to scrub this shit out. No, do not bring a black light in here. Whatever you do. <laughs> Like, don't even let the sunlight in because mine glows in that as well. I, I, the, pro- the problem is, and the one thing we're not taking into account here, although you probably have, is we'll be in the room with you, and I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to watch, Duncan. <laughs> just saying, when the chips are down, Baz will get us out that room. I I, I applaud your um, your dedication to the cause. Mm-hmm. On the spunky subway, that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> that escape room movie would have been completely different if when they were stuck on the train at the beginning the guy just started tugging it right, listen it'd have been a whole lot different if they'd put me in it with that wee ginger bird <laughs> it'd have been a very different fucking movie the true blood chick yeah 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 I know I'm with you on that one wow. uh, <laughs> so on this episode we're doing and we're going to get into it more after the break what started off as a joke yep. um, we started off as Duncan like gets tons of press statements. I get lo- I get loads of shit sent through the the old podcast under the stairs email. Sometimes I I get invited to review a lot of movies. I don't often review a lot of movies because I try and do the stuff I want to do as opposed to being beholden to PR companies yeah. and all the rest. And this was not a press statement. And the movie has David Heyman and Udo Kier in it. And all it said was my neighbor Adolf. And I was like. Oh my fucking god! I need to send this to Baz. So I sent you a snap. Know about this film, <laughs> does ba- d- ba- no one has mentioned this movie. This looks like it could be the right amount of utter tosh that we can have a laugh at this. And I was like, I need to run it by Baz, and I posted it in, and without missing a beat, you were just like, yes. <laughs> like, Baz delivers. Like, you were like, yes, yes, and I was like, for a Baz's backdoor cinema, and you were like, yes, yeah, yeah my god, yes. So that's what we're doing uh, on this episode. We're going to see how we fared on this. Um, this is either a colossal own goal um, or or it's going to split our friendship in two. You've already... This is one of these weird, rare occasions where I know your feelings on the movie. Yeah. I don't know what your score is, but I know your feelings on the movie because you texted it to me after you watched it. So 
that's going to be exciting. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing on this episode. But like I say, we're back in video format because we liked it before. We're going to try and do the Baz episodes in this format moving forward, which means you'll be able to see them on YouTube. And if you've got a podcatcher which displays video a la Spotify, um, it'll come through on that. If you're listening to us on any other device, it is still coming through as audio. That will never change. And like I say, if you want to see the video that accompanies this, but you don't want to give your money to any other service or download another podcast app, we are on YouTube and you can find us through the website. It'll be on the, the, the page listings as well. Um, we, we, um, we've, we've had a bit of a rough week. Um, yes. You've not been well, you're getting better. And I promised I would I would get this story out there. Um, <clears throat> so People I was supposed to hear this, Duncan. Yeah, so I was supposed to run a half marathon on Sunday. I've been training for it almost almost a year. Um, this is the thing that's fucking demoralising. It's almost a year to the point that when we were up at um, big uh, big sexy Liam's stag, um, yes, out, yeah, I was out running ten miles during that to keep my yeah. to keep my numbers in to make sure I was you know putting the miles yeah. in. Yeah, and, you, um, yeah, you put the miles in the very next morning after the heavy spout of drinking I've seen you engage in. Yeah, well, until your 50th. Uh, save that thought. Uh, like, <laughs> yet is the keyword. Um, <laughs> so, um So, yeah, I, I, um, I've been training for it quite hard and all the rest. Had a couple injuries recently, but it's been it's been okay. And last Monday, I uh, there's been like weird fucking shit flying about my house. Uh, with the kids being at nursery and school and all the rest, are bringing back everything. Uh, and the weirdest one had been ill for a couple of days, and it kind of gone out the house. And then Ill last Monday, or hmm? possessed by a dark force. Uh, well, you should see her five minutes before her bed, and I would agree with the the latter statement there, where she feels like Satan is just like controlling everything, and she becomes the, all the joy and glowing light from her is converted to pure unabashed rage. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like absolute just kind of like the arms go back the head fucking spins round she tells me that my mother's gonna suck cocks in hell it's terrifying <laughs> um but so i i um I'd, I'd went to bed at like two in the morning or something i was kind of drifting off i was like cool took the headphones out instantly felt nauseous um and uh, I've got like about seven toilets in my house. This is fucking ridiculous. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to throw up upstairs and wake anyone up. Quite a violent vomiter. Uh, like, mm. like the noises are uh, pretty uh, rough. Uh, yep. So for the courtesy of my family, I went to go down the stairs. Uh, so I got up, flung on the house coat, noted the time, started walking down the stairs. <clears throat> and next thing I knew, I was at the bottom of the stairs and a kind of crumpled mess, neck bent in a position that probably shouldn't be bent. And I was that way where I was like, this is the most uncomfortable position to sleep in. Why did I decide to sleep in this position? And I realized that actually I was, like, I wasn't in my bed, it was actually at the bottom of the stairs. I had lost about uh, about five, five, ten minutes. Um, so suffice to say, what had happened is, I must have been close to the bottom of the stairs, but I'd passed out um, and fucking right down full weight on my neck um which is now better but kind of stopped me running mm. um but absolutely terrified the the, the the life out of me i am i'm the my phobia i don't have many phobias one of them is 
Or they're, they're all kind of mental phobias, though. Not as in like they're but as in like like anything to do psychologically terrifies me. I'd like the the idea of like I've said it before, any horror movie that involves an institution is usually going to get under my skin pretty quickly. So the idea of not being able to trust your own memory. Um, and and losing time, specifically missing time, is a is a terrifying thing to me. Um, it's why I try not to drink to excess unless I'm out at a stag um, or Bazzi's fiftieth. And um, so yeah, that 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 was with me, and I, I couldn't sleep after it and all the rest. But the the kicker, as I was telling Baz uh, off here, is that my wife remembers me getting up. She asked me why I was getting up, and I said I was going to go downstairs because I was feeling sick, and she was like, "Cool." So my wife has now told me that she heard me walking down the stairs and then she heard an audible thump. <laughs> and pulled the cover over and went to sleep. Um, so, and even when, it, the thing is, like, when I went up, when I finally went upstairs to go back to bed and all the rest, and she's like, uh, she's like, were you sick? She obviously were coming and I was like that. Yes, I was sick. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, I passed out and I think I fell down a, a couple of the stairs. I really damaged my neck. And my, my face was all, like, like I had fucking rug burns up the side of it. It's kind of clearing up now. But I'd like, I'd like, I think my face is bleeding and all the rest. And she was like, all right then. And back to sleep. Back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> fucking slept sound. Sound she slept. <laughs> Oh dear me, my wife had quite a different reaction when I passed out at the bottom of my mother's street that day. Because when I finally had to chat the window for it, they let me into my mother's house. I blood pouring down my head and all that. She never slept a fucking wink. She needed to pass out almost immediately. It does give you a hell of a fright. Though. Like I said, that oh, was a terrified. couple of years ago that happened to me. Ah, but you, um, like, you genuinely could have died. You could have died of hypothermia. Yeah, I, uh, ah. Uh, it, it so it, like, it <laughs> but as you said to me off air, had you yeah. been two or three steps further, oh, I'd be, I wouldn't stairs, have been here. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been here. Um, it could have I wouldn't been a very different yeah. outcome as well. Yeah, and that know. didn't, that didn't settle in until a couple of days after, and I was genuinely like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, doing the check to make sure we we definitely have life insurance and all the rest. You know, just that horrible, horrible shit that you go through yeah. when your like your brain just goes to the darkest place possible. So I'm still here, is what I'm saying. Um, I didn't get to run the half marathon, so I'm gonna have to wait for that to next year. Our buddy Andrew Neil, who listens to the show, he did go and do it though, um, and the wife went out and did it. She fucking finished, um, and she was well impressed with herself. I was very well impressed with her as well but that's my stories that's what i've been up to i said i would say it on the podcast i've done my business you're recovering from like some reoccurring thing that is determined to make sure that you don't get out on saturday <laughs> whatever it is whatever diseases like that what's that baz is planning the night out not on my watch uh-huh. so. well it'll be getting dragged out with me trust me we'll drown it baz we'll drown it um so, um, before we move into our movie review here, you watched anything worthy of note that you, like, maybe want to mention at the start? Um, um, I've actually watched, I watched quite a lot of television recently because I was uh, <laughs> ill at the start of yep. the week and I, I was off work for a couple of days. Um, and obviously life carried on, so the kids were off out of school and that. So I've been kind of catching up on a few of my Marvel shows Ooh. that I haven't watched um, so far. I'm very 
kind of nonplussed with all of this Phase 4 Marvel stuff, whatever it is now. You know, right. I, I can sit and watch it. I, I don't get pumped about it by any means. Um, I watched SES Rogue Heroes, which was for the guys that did Peaky Blinders. Oh, right. Um, it's it was good. Origin- uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's the, the origins of the SES during the Second World War in North Africa. Oh, right. Um, That's right up your street then. Oh. It's got all the sexy, bright young things in it as well. Boy O'Connell, you <laughs> that fucking you lunatic O'Connell. He's yes. in it. Uh, he plays Paddy Main, um, who was a big Ulsterman that was involved in it right at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother Paddy Main, if you're one of the boys, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I don't know whatever you mean, Baz. Um. <laughs> so that was quite good. But horror-wise, I did actually watch um, a movie last night, which I... Thoroughly enjoyed. I don't know if you would. I think it would probably annoy you. It would probably annoy a lot of people. But I'm a bit of a sucker for these kind of... I don't really like you call them fine footage. But you know the ones that are kind of based around uh, computer applications. You know, like Zoom calls and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Instant messaging and stuff like that. So it's searching... No, yeah, I've seen cool. Searching. Me and, me and Dave went to see Searching. In fact, like the sequel comes out next year. There's a sequel? Yes, it basically looks like exactly the same movie, but this time it's the reverse. So it's a kid trying to find her mum. Oh, right, I see. I see. So they've, they've well, switched it up, Baz. But yeah, I, me and Dave went to see it at the cinema. I was surprisingly... I enjoyed that surprising amount, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah no, I really, really quite liked it. It kept me guessing all the way through mm-hmm. in a predictable way. Yes. But sometimes that's all right. Sometimes that's just fun to do. The wee, the, the wee main guy in it, um, he was in that Harold and Kumar, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's also in the American Pie things. movies. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's the MILF. 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 That's MILF. That's right. Um, He's really good, but he is quite a good actor, that boy. He is, yeah. He's really good in it. And then, um, what's her face out of Will and Grace? Deborah, is it Deborah Messing? Yes, she that's right, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, the cop, the female cop in it. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And it flew, it, it flew, it's one of those ones that flies by. I think it's about 90 minutes, but it, it rockets through a fair pace. I'm, I'm what you I thought was a, a, a perfectly fine thriller. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it did anything. I think if it had not had the. If it had not had the filming device that I had, it would be an easily forgettable movie. But because they tried to make an effort of using phones and computers and like TV footage and all the rest, that actually made it. I felt a bit more engaging for the narrative. It, it kind of made it flow better. And I, and I felt that they managed to nail that because I have seen some yeah. of these things, some of the cheaper efforts. It, it's shit. It, it's, it's awful. Yeah, it's, it's, clearly, it's, it's clearly a camera and someone's put a bit, like, yeah. put a couple of stickers on them. Like th- this was done properly and they, they yeah. thought about how you can use the various techniques mm-hmm. and tools that they had at their disposal for it and they did that well. So no, I really enjoyed that last well, night. Well, me, you and the big man, the big sex bomb will go and see the sequel when it comes out in cinemas next year. Absolutely. I mean, it looks uh, it looks awful, but yeah, I'm yeah. kind of looking forward to it. I'm, I'm horrified uh, by the fact there's actually a fucking sequel to it, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll, skip, we'll skip by that. Right, right, let's get into this. We're going to take a short break just now. Um, no promos, because this is a video thing, and I need to be able to play something when the promo's going, and that's not going to be... I'm not going to use it. <laughs> 
I should just gonna do that. Baz does a jig. Baz jig. <laughs> Hashtag Baz jig. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna play the the trailer for this movie. When we return, myself and Baz are discussing my neighbor Adolf from 2022. We'll be right back to do that right after this. Give me newspaper. Buenos dias, señor Polsky. Mr. Polsky, why do you think your neighbor is Hitler? Those eyes. I will never forget those blue eyes. Didn't have brown eyes? What? No. Do you have a photo of your neighbor? But why I would have photo? It's him, I'm telling you. He's left-handed, amateur painter. Even has same dog. You know that dogs don't live that long, right? I am not idiot. I know it is not the same dog. Black Knight to F7. Checkmate. You have a board? That's plan. There is old Nazi safe in his bedroom. You've been to his bedroom? You are... Good neighbor. Mr. Polsky, smile. Adolf Hitler killed himself. Soviet version. I mean, who can trust the commies? And welcome back, ladies and gents. You just saw the trailer or heard the trailer. I don't know how I'm working this. Um, for my neighbor, Adolf. This came out in 2022. Signature Entertainment are the distribution company behind this one here. And it's directed by Leon Pudrovsky. Um, the movie itself stars David Heyman, Udo Kier, Dan, ha- Dan Harry, Colorado, uh, Jamie Correa, Knert, Pilep. People will be able to see how much I struggle with these now. Uh, Olivia. look on your face. <laughs> Olivia Shilhevy, um and Jan... <laughs> There's no way to say this without sounding anti-Semitic. Uh, Shugzadju. <laughs> it's literally it's written. It's literally it's written. S-Z-U-G-A-J-E-W. Shugzadju. Yeah, yeah. Zh. It imagines that <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> See, actually, the, the bit at the end might be Ev. J-E-W. Sugar, Sugar Jev. Maybe. All right. Sugar Jev. Well, that seems better and not as risky as what I had said. Um, the movie itself is based on the story by Liam Podrovsky and Dmitry Malinsky. Um, let's talk synopsis here. Um, Leon Podrovsky has actually written the synopsis on IMDb, so this is coming right from the creator's mouth. He says, South America, 1960. A lonely and grumpy Holocaust survivor convinces himself that his new neighbour is none other than Adolf Hitler. Not being taken seriously, he starts an independent investigation to prove his claim, but when the evidence still appears to be inconclusive, Polsky is forced to engage in a relationship with the enemy in order to obtain irrefutable proof 
See, if he just asked to see his papers, everything would have been fine. Um, <laughs> too soon. Uh, right, so... Like, I, I picked this because I saw the poster and I was like, this looks fucking ridiculous. Like, absolutely laugh out loud fucking ridiculous, right? You saw the picture. You said yes because, Baz, you thought this looked... Awesome. No, you thought this looked fucking ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> you saw the poster and you were like that. Oh, this, a buddy cop movie starring Hitler? Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it reminded me of apt pupil, but like apt pupil on the old fucking crystal meth or something like that, you know? It's just like fucking, what was it, Home Improvements where the guy lived across the fence that you never saw? That's no. right. Now imagine that, but that guy's Hitler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And not the paedophile that lived over the fence from the guy in Home Improvement. Because he was clearly a sex offender. <laughs> I love how we're just hitting all the sweet spots for demonetization. Sex offender, <laughs> Hitler, the Jews. Um, right. Um, so, so, yeah, that, I, I thought... They're bringing in for... that alt-right demographic, the big man, do you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't... Through the roof. I'm just going to say the alt-right doesn't appear to have any money bars. Like, like any money at all. <laughs> so, yeah. They had, they had Mon- money for about three, four days a couple of years back there, but it's pretty much all gone. <laughs> so yeah, I thought yeah, Those like, flaming torches don't come cheap, you know. They don't boy. come cheap at all. Especially um, when you're having to throw them at policemen to keep them back. <laughs> tangent I want to get off um, so, <laughs> so badly um, so yeah so I thought it looked fucking ridiculous said it to you you sent me a message I posted it on Facebook I blanked out the <laughs> blanked out the context uh, of yes. the movie uh-huh. Um, you blanked out the name of the movie so nobody knew what film yeah. I was talking about yeah. so I, once again I don't know how well this is going to come through in a camera but that's your message right there I don't know if it comes through. Basically, what it said was, mate, my neighbour Adolf, and in caps, oh my God, crying emoji, hand hearts. Yeah. So, like, I thought it had made you cry laughing. So I was like, is it that, is that good? And you're like, no, no, it's fucking great. So I was like, I, so I was telling my wife about it, and I was like, I'm going to sit and watch this movie. Um, and Yeah, because I had watched it before you. Yeah, you did because I, I was, I, I didn't have time for nonsense, um, so I sat down. <laughs> really didn't. I was not in the mood. Um, I was like fucking trying to like like sort about a million things uh, in the run up to this. Plus, I'd fucking fallen down a flight of stairs, and um, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> quite badly concussed. <laughs> couldn't move my neck, and I was like, that. There's no way I can turn my head away if I didn't like it. Um, so, uh, so I sat down to watch it, and I, 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 I never want to be the dick on the show, right? I never want to be the dick on the show. I enjoy being the one that the people say, you know, he's the nice guy. Why is Baz so mean to him? Mm-hmm. That's that's the part that I like to play. Um, so it is going to break my heart a little bit, and possibly break your heart to say. I thought this movie was fucking excellent. Oh, you bastard. I thought that you were going to say you hated this film. I no. loved this film. I thought this movie 
was fucking excellent. Oh, like I, I actually, I, thought I you sat. Were going to tear shreds off it. The way no, you no, were no. I, I was, I was about, I was about forty minutes in. So it's not a long movie. It's about an hour and a half. I was yeah. about 40, 40 minutes into this movie, and I realised I hadn't picked up my phone once, yeah. like at all, and. I was in. I was in, in, yeah. like, like totally absorbed by the movie. And when it finished, I'd, I'd kind of let out that kind of sigh that you get when you've just like, like, the, you've had like the best meal you've ever ate. You yeah. know, you've, you know, you've experienced like very few movies. And I, I want to stress, there's very few movies where, when it finishes, I go, <sighs> you know. And that is that's what I did at the end of this movie. I think it is absolutely wonderful i think yeah. it's absolutely great i think it is a ball here it rides a line so fine for being an utter clusterfuck and it somehow manages to it really really does like it really really yeah. does at any mean. at any one point had they went one step too far or slightly slightly to the right um i, I would have it would have fucking it would have ruined everything about this movie but and we're going we're gonna to get in a bit more it's got a very simple plot it's actually a plot you've seen done a million times before they've just kind of changed things around this is the kind of the, the you know I, I have a, it's rear window I have a suspicion that the neighbour that's moved in next door might be someone bad um, I see things out of context that makes me think something bad um, but I, I genuinely think I genuinely think that the central performances, both by David Heyman, who I think is a fine actor. I've never thought he was a great actor. Um, and Udo Kier, who... I mean, Udo Kier is Udo Kier. You get one performance from him, and it's amazing every time he does it. But the two of them together are fucking incredible. Like, there are scenes of them, like, drinking vodka and playing chess, and I could not take my eyes off the screen. It's, it's so it's so well done. It is so fuck. It's it's actually frustratingly good. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Are we spoiling <laughs> this film at all here at this point? So yeah, so yeah, we are we are spoiling it, and I, I think we have to put that out as a caveat just now. I think I think what we'll do is for for the the, the listeners out there. Uh, I don't know why I did the, this for them because they are listeners. We can viewers. actually see you now as well. For the listener out there, um, what we'll do is because I can build chapters into these videos, so I can, you know, I will let you know when you can skip ahead. We'll spend five minutes just talking non-spoiler, and then we'll get into a bit more of the spoiler detail. But this movie really, like, really connected with you because yeah. you, like, even as you told me offline, I have never used the hand hearts emoji before. Never, never. <laughs> it's um. Oh, there was just so much I loved about it. The the the, the two performances, and again, yeah. just to straight out, because as always, Udo Kier to me is that wee German boy out of Inglorious Bastards, and he's <laughs> yeah. not. It's a completely different guy. That's Christoph Waltz. Yes, one of them has an Oscar, the other one doesn't. Yeah, but <laughs> like, both have German it. names, <laughs> and that that's enough to fill the bars. Like one of them has been in a corn music video and the other one hasn't, right? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Heyman. So Heyman's a, a Scottish actor, and, and obviously the, the star leading role in probably the greatest Scottish horror oh, film fuck of all time, which was Sonny Flesh of Man. Um, <sighs> <laughs> all jokes, he plays uh, a Jewish Holocaust survivor in this. Oh, yes. I 
think it's Polish. Either Polish or German descent. One of the I think two. it's on, I think it is on like pretty much on what would have been the border. Yeah, but I mean, he, he pulls off at least two, if not three, different languages in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, his accent when he's speaking English is fucking flawless. Yeah. His performance in this absolutely floored me. Mm-hmm. Like you, I I thought Heyman. I've always thought David Heyman's a good actor. He, if you're British and particularly <clears throat> if you're Scottish, you will be familiar with him off the television yeah. far more than American listeners and, and so yes. on will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all joking aside, when I saw him doing Sony Flesher, man, I thought that was a weird thing for David Heyman to be doing because David Heyman is a good, respected actor in this country, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but this film, it, it just absolutely levelled me how, how good he was in this. Udo yeah. Kier is brilliant, but Udo Kier is playing that very stern kind of piercing kind of cold German. He's playing Udo Kier, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, exactly. He's got a He's he's got a, a like you go through the catalogue of movies. This is pretty much the the default Udo Kier performance. But what I've found is the default Udo Kier performance can lend itself to comedy, drama, horror, with very very little change from him. Yeah, and it's clear that he's acting. As yeah. he's putting that in there. But there yeah. are moments in this with pauses where, for like a kind of dramatic effect, that at some points come across as humorous. And then the next point, kind of chilling. Yeah, there is such an odd black humour running right through this film. I mean, you're talking about a film where the the Holocaust survivor played by Heyman, he lives on his own in this run-down shell of a house in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. somewhere in South America. I'm not sure if it tells you exactly where, but... um, you know, his life was destroyed the war. He yeah. lost lost everybody and he just lives it and he just wants to keep himself to himself and he tends to this rose bush which we'll talk a bit more about when we go into yeah. spoiler territory. Um and a new neighbour moves in, which it would be enough to send a character like this off the deep end anyway, even if it was yeah. motherfucking Teresa or whatever the Jewish equivalent <laughs> is, do you know what I mean? But it's a German. Yeah. And very quickly he starts to become suspicious that it is in fact Adolf Hitler. Now that has to be fairly triggering for a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, you could you could say, Baz, that that is maybe, I don't know, an accurate use of the word triggering. Yeah. Um. (laughs) So so how you work humour into that? It's like you say. You're treading the line there, man. So the ice is that, creaking constantly in this movie. That, that tightrope is a hair strand. Is what what I mean? And you've decided to juggle while crossing it, which seems like a bad idea. But there was more than once I laughed out loud watching this film. Yeah. Um, more than once. Um, it does a wonderful job and it's just like exactly what you were saying it does there are twists and turns in it and it leads you down a path and you think you know where the film is going and then it turns yeah and and when it turns you maybe don't expect to be think oh i should have seen that coming but you mm-hmm. didn't yeah. and that happens about three times in this film yeah and 
be, like I say, after the fact, you're like that. Oh, of course they've done that, but you you do not see it coming in the film right up until the end. It's still happening at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, and I, again, without spoiling it, the way this film ends, how you come out the other side of this film feeling good about what you've seen <laughs> and the world in general is a masterclass in filmmaking as far as I'm concerned. It's so well done. <laughs> it's like it's a wonderful, it's wonderful so well film. Done. It's, so, it's such a preposterous idea that's handled yeah. so, so well. And it's, it's like one of those things where people have taken a ridiculous premise and the, the, the one that immediately sprung to mind for me was that one... Uh, the man who killed Hitler and then went on and shot the Bigfoot, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was called. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Sam Elliott's in Sam that. Sam Elliott's yeah. movie, yeah. A ridiculous premise. And actually, when you watched that film, it was kind of all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this film, it, it takes that ridiculous premise and it just sticks it right at the front. This is what this film is all about. Mm-hmm. And it... Oh, I, it just it's like you say it, it could fall on its ass on a rusty spike <laughs> at any point really after the opening five minutes or so yeah and then get about another 85 minutes for this film could fuck it sail in the arse yeah um, and it doesn't just doesn't no. it's yeah it's um it's baffling it really it really 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 is it's um I am I'd, absolutely delighted that you liked it because the way you had been talking, I yeah. thought you were going to tear this film to shreds, and I was, <laughs> I was, I would have visibly cried on video. No, I, um, I, I went up the, I went up the, well, when I woke up the following morning, and the wife was asking me because I'd made a big show of it. I was like, I think Baz may have cried watching this movie, something like that. I don't really want, I don't want to be the guy that's like, like just like. Like I pricked him, so I, I told her like all the rest. I was going to go and watch it and, and stuff, and she'd asked me in the morning, and she was like, "So how was the movie?" And I just started, I like I beaming with a smile, like yeah. straight away. I was like that. It was really fucking good. It was like really, 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 really well done. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "So did it do anything that you?" And I was like, "I didn't do anything that I haven't seen other movies mm-hmm. do." Yeah, yeah. But given all the things that should have made this movie. Like instant internet fodder. Um, it, 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 it bucks all that. In fact, yeah, if anything, it's how it managed to do those things. Yeah, using the premise of this film. Yeah, that's because the, the clever bit. I think that's the genius of that cover because the cover artwork for this is basically the two of them other side of a wall with just uh-huh. in big like happy yellow letters my neighbour Adolf and yeah. it's written in a kind of quirky funny way and there's no quotes or anything to say you know like a real feel good film or anything <laughs> it's just that there so what your initial reaction is I imagine is what my initial reaction to what yeah. Baz's was and you get lulled into expecting that and the movie does have humour in it but what mm-hmm. it gives you is something much more measured much more mature um and just really, really, it's hearts in its right place all oh, the way God, through it. Yeah. All yeah. the way through it. I just, I, it's such a, I, it's just, I, I mean, I, it's, I don't it's know. Just, it's I don't a know. wonderful, wonderful piece of filmmaking. Yeah. The only film out with that Hitler Bigfoot thing that I'm talking about, the, 
the only film that reminded me a little bit of was a film called Everything is Illuminated. Oh, I've not seen that. Elijah, I have it on DVD over there. Um, my mate Mark raved about this movie a few years back and I picked it up kind of cheap mm-hmm. one time. Uh, Elijah Wood is, is the main character and I, I can't remember if he maybe directed it as well or something like All that. All right. Uh, Eugene Hutz from Google Bordello is in it. Oh, <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> and it's about a boy or a kind of young man who lives in America. He's of Russian immigrant descent and he travels back to Russia to try and reconnect with his dead grandfather and what had happened to him during the war and the yep. Russian invasion or the German invasion of Russia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think... I don't think Eugene Hutz, Eugene Hutz's character plays a he plays a kind of a guide. I can't mm-hmm. remember if he's like a distant relation or if he's just somebody that he kind of hooks up with over there and he takes him about. And again, it deals with um, some very kind of dark parts of the Second World War. Yeah, it, it, it has this oddly uplifting kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, it's a film it's certainly a film worth checking out I, I didn't think it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen on like Mark and a couple of other pals did um, but it is a good film and this it kept that film kept popping into my head while watching this um, because it does it deals with a, a similar subject matter obviously the Second World War and it's dealing with the darker sides of it and it is looking yeah. at it from the victim side kind of thing you know um but th- th- this is head and shoulders above it um th- this is one of the best films i have seen in, in really in quite a long time um and it's one of the first ones i felt kind of profoundly moved by yeah i'm, I'm not saying I, I, I was pretty fucking close to tears towards the end of it i've got to say but mm-hmm. I, I, it had a huge emotional impact on me. I didn't sit there bawling my eyes out, but it had a big, big emotional impact. And I have been thinking about this film quite a lot since I watched it kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking about it all day leading up, knowing that we were recording tonight as well kind of thing. But yeah, oh, such a good, good film. Right, well, let's let's do let's do what we do on these sorts of reviews, and let's press you for a score first, and then we'll move into some spoiler territory. Baz, you know the scores here. It's one through five. One is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, five is loved it. What are you giving my neighbour Adolf? I'm giving it a five, and I wish I could <clears> give it more. <sighs> I really do. Look at that, just dropping it, just dropping yeah, it. I'm not even thinking about it. It was a five, I knew it was a five. The minute I finished watching the film, I knew I was going to give it a five in my review. Very Can't actually I am... think of anything in it that I even annoyed me about the film or at the end that I disliked. Yeah, there's nothing. I'd watch it again now. <laughs> well, no, you need to stay here and record with me. Um, <laughs> I'm I like. I am like pretty much almost there. I'm a four point five. I think this yeah. is absolutely fucking incredible. I like, yeah. yeah I, I imagine like the thing is, people listening into this, 
some of you are cinephiles, some of you are just horror fans. I like the horror fans. There's nothing here, but like, unless you want to see Udo Kier in a non-horror performance, um, and the dude from Sony Flesh and Man, uh, there's maybe like two genre actors in a, but it's not. It's, you can't. You can't even remotely consider it on that level. I think. I think Scott McKenzie could probably find about two or three things. Like, ah, well, it deals with. Horrific subject well, matter. It does. It, I mean, it deals with the Holocaust, which yeah. is probably the most horrific thing that's ever happened. In ever happened, yes. History. <laughs> okay. So, you know, yeah. So, like, I, I imagine you could put, probably put a spin on it, but um, I'd like, I, I, just if you like cinema, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful exercise in cinema. I think yeah. it, it genuinely is. Um, so, it's a 4.5 from me, it's a 5 from the, the Baz. Um, there's a big warning about to appear on the screen that's going to tell you that we're about to move into spoiler territory and we're doing that now so we're now in spoiler territory don't say you weren't warned if you've accidentally bypassed the bit that you can jump time codes are listed anyway so just jump anyway that's the easiest way to do it it's the easiest way to do it Baz uh, right so let's, let's get into spoiler details Baz give us a little bit more about what happens in the movie so uh the film opens pre World War Two um, in Poland, I think. I think it is, um, and it's uh, this large Jewish family living nice house, lovely gardens. They're all out in the garden, kind of thing. And we get this kind of five minute scene um, in which one of the female characters she is tending these beautiful rose bushes, and she's very focused on a particular bush with the uh, black uh, flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a kind of putting about with cameras and stuff like that. There's an interest in photography is kind of investigated a bit, and then it cuts away from that, and we are South America, 1960. So you don't see what happens to this family. Um, you know, there's not horrendous shots of them getting dragged out their house and off yeah. to the fucking uh, camps or anything like that. Uh, Ramshackle house up in the middle of nowhere. David Heyman, crotchety old bastard, and he is—he's he, a very Spartan kind of life. You know, mm-hmm. there's very little in the house—a table, a chair, and coffee machine. You know, and he tends to this big bush of black roses that he has grown in this garden. However, he has managed to. I don't know, you know, whether he took a tiny curtain with him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know, but he, he clearly, this is all that's left of his family. Um, yeah. And I, I think you, you see at the start, you know, there's, there's 10 or 12 of them, I think, in that kind of opening scene. Mm-hmm. Um, moves on very quickly. The house next door is for sale. Um, it, a woman comes to the door, so initially... He has no immediate contact with the actual neighbour. It is all done through this <laughs> kind German of proxy. woman, yeah. <laughs> uh, who frankly looks like a Gestapo officer, <laughs> straight for the off. Um, and she is trying to find out a little bit about the house. She has a client that is looking to buy, and blah blah blah. And they, they, they very quickly move in. Um, and fairly shortly after, the, the neighbour has a. German, uh, an Alsatian German Shepherd. <laughs> of course he does. Course uh, he called does, called Wolfie. Wolfie, not Blondie, because that's yep. what Hitler's was called. Mm-hmm, uh, you can see right. where we're going. <laughs> and um, it gets through the fence and it breaks one of the flowers on his bush and takes a big German shit in his garden. 
and um, he snaps, barges down, he's battering on the door. They have these gates with buzzers that ring in the house, so the gate is away from yeah. the house, you don't go up to the front door kind of thing. And um, he ends up having a kind of altercation with the, the, the guy who's actually living in the house now. I don't think it happens at that first altercation, but very quickly after it, they end up kind of almost coming to blows. Yeah, he's, he's worth saying he wears sunglasses he wears every sunglasses time. He wears sunglasses. Yeah, like, Udo Kier's always... Bushy beard, Udo's yeah. character. The glasses come off and you see Heyman just completely change um, when he sees this fella's eyes. It turns out, we sort of find out through a chain of things that... Um, Heyman's character had been a very good chess player pre-war, mm-hmm. had attended a very kind of prestigious competition in Germany in about 36 or something like that, I think he said, and had come face to face for about a second or two with Adolf Hitler at that um, competition. Mm-hmm. And he talks about his eyes being seared into his brain, these cold, piercing eyes that Hitler had had and all that. And this is when he immediately realises, oh my God, this is Adolf Hitler kind of thing, and he, he runs back. Now here, here's where the humour comes in, so he'd scoop that shit out of the garden with a bit of paper, a bit of a newspaper, yep. which he hadn't read, because when his newspaper arrives, he would just take the, the chess puzzles out of them, and he'd mm-hmm. sit and do the chess puzzles, and that was how he passed his time. And on the cover of this newspaper was a report on uh, Eichmann. Yes. Adolf Eichmann had been kidnapped by Mossad agents, which is all historically true. He yep. was kidnapped in, uh, is it Bolivia or Paraguay? Or mm-hmm. No, it was Buenos Aires. It was Buenos Aires. Argentina, yeah. Yeah, Argentina. Um, Mossad agents had got a hold of Eichmann, drugged him, got him back to Israel to stand trial kind of thing. And when he realises or, or when he comes to the suspicion that this is Hitler he starts cutting out curtains and gets bricks about <laughs> and all that and he's going to plaster them over and there's just the, the cover of this thing with a big shit stain right across the middle <laughs> when he scooped the turd up and that's there all through the film and every mm-hmm. time I saw that I would feel myself start to smile you know mm-hmm. um so he, he has his suspicions. He goes to the uh, Israeli embassy in yep. wherever it is that he's staying and meets with uh, a Mossad agent, I'm assuming it would have been, um, a female, when, and then he explains to her what's happening and she is quite kind of dismissive of him the minute he <laughs> says it's Hitler. She, yeah, like, <laughs> Infamous is not the strongest card to go in with. Like, not, you maybe no, want to build up into it. There's some funny bits because he's like that. It's those piercing blue eyes I yeah. never forget. On. It's just like, didn't have a lot of brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking, just, what are you talking about, you know? Um, so, yeah, needless to say, he doesn't really get her on side at first and then. So then he has, she basically says, you have to come back with some kind of proof. So he, he sets off to, to gather this proof. So he buys himself a big fancy camera and he's taking pictures of the neighbour and all this. And the guy isn't really doing anything. Although you start to see things like he's out painting. So we all know Hitler was a painter. And yeah. It cuts between uh, 
sentences and textbooks, you know, about Hitler being left-handed, a vegetarian, yes. all these kind of things, and then it'll cut to something that he sees that kind of ties it all in. Which, like, later on, those things will come back. There's a really, there's yeah. a really good bookmark scene later on where he revisits a lot of these points uh-huh. from a different standpoint. Yeah, yeah, from um, a different viewpoint. Which is yeah, really, exactly. really, really well done. Like, really, really well done because you kind of forget that at the beginning because you're swept up with the. All right, he's, he thinks he's he's Hitler, yeah. and um, he, he wants to get. I think the initial thing he wants to get is he's like, if I can get like some like some bit of his handwriting. Yeah, it's a handwriting. Um... And then he starts to focus on the painting kind of thing. Yeah, but, but yeah, in so the interim, we we get the we get the. <laughs> it's very smart how it does this. It's also very funny how it does this. Um, they get into a bit of a turf war, where yeah, yeah where the oh, frolline, yes. yeah, the frolline works out. Actually, when he moans about the dog coming in, the frolline checks the deed plans, and it turns out that maybe Heyman's fence line is a little it's bit too far over. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, and, and the, the rose bush is planted, butting up against the fence. So when it gets moved, his beloved rose bush that is all that is left of his family ends up on the other side. And so the so the the, the German encroaches on the Polish man's land. Yeah. Just takes what's I mean, rightfully that his. Mean, no, 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 sure no. That it's it's like <laughs> doesn't have any relevance at all. Out with the fact that it's fucking hilarious, right? And it's just a small detail where you're like, right, like, because like once again, you're you're in, you're put in the, you're putting Polsky's brain throughout the movie. It's, yes. it's what all these movies like Rear Window, like Disturbia, and all the rest do is you start to you go through their paranoia. And uh-huh. like when all the clues start coming together, so like once again, this is just adding fuel to the fire. But he wants this bit of writing to see that he can get his rosebush back, or he'll let him have it back. And the only way to do that, Baz, is he has to play him at chess. But he oversees Hitler playing chess himself. Yeah. And um, yeah, and and like when he spies him and he falls off and all the rest. Polsky basically says, listen, you, like, the game you were playing was silly anyway, you checkmate in six moves, yeah. within six moves. Yeah, within six moves. And Udo Kier's have none of this. He's like, no, 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 I could have done it. And he's like, no, no, no. So they decide that they're going to play chess. Yeah, through a series of events, they are forced to actually kind of interact yes. and spend time with each other. Mostly, initially, it's mostly through games of chess. Um, yeah. And... Udo Kier's character uh, kind of enjoys actually having somebody to play with kind of thing and Heyman's character just uses this as a means to get kind of access to the house and to you know be able to be closer to him try and see what he can find kind of thing you know yeah, it leads up to a, a, they make a they make a a, a wager that um, if he please. Uh, if Heyman plays uh, Kier at chess, he will write him a letter, yeah. um, and they play. And while he's there, he goes he goes to the toilet. Uh, he goes a trip to the toilet, but by way of uh, the bedroom, and finds uh, like an old fucking Nazi chest, metal storage box thing. Yeah, but it has a Nazi crest on the top of it. Yeah, on the top of it, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Right. So, um, so it's adding to that. He, of course. Um, Eamon loses to Kier, um, and 
like Udo was basically that you deliberately lost and he's like no 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 I didn't he's like no you deliberately lost to me mm-hmm. he's like well it doesn't matter now anyway you'll write my you'll write that letter for me to which Udokia brings out a typewriter uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so he's gonna have to interact with him more and he sees a like it's a painting of some I don't know the significance of this it must be like I'd like a, he sees a, a painting on the wall one of the things that um he had read in the books that he'd been reading about yeah. Hitler was that in Hitler's art period pre-war, you know, when he was a struggling art student in Vienna, um, most of his paintings had focused on kind of ruined buildings. Right, right. I, I and missed when he that looks line. In the, the living room, there is this fairly sizable picture that had been painted of yeah. a ruined building. Um, yeah. When he tries to steal it at one point like haphazardly and this leads to one of these moments where I'm like oh my god so he tries to steal the painting bre- breaks into the house to steal the painting and he's Doing getting a bit night, yeah. yeah Wolfie cottons on to this so Wolfie chases him gets through the fence and uh, Polsky <laughs> smacks the dog in the head with a shovel and kills it yeah. um, like, like outright and then stages it out on the road as if a car's hit it Mm-hmm. and then goes to bed and then Udo finds it and then starts wailing about yeah, his dog he's absolutely distraught uh, the, the his dog dog's still alive is what he thinks he has, yeah. Kind of thing. yeah he's like my, my dog's still alive and Posey's like your dog's not alive and they go out and he takes him anyway puts it like such a oh man the scene he puts him to bed and then he goes back to bed and you can hear Udo Kier crying in his bed yeah. through there just howling howling and he didn't get the painting, so he arranges to actually be painted, be a life model. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Udokia does, and he does a fucking tremendous job. And all of that, he paints a painting that Heyman loves. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yes. Yeah, because Heyman's character is very dour, to use yeah. the Scottish words, you know, very, very stern. There's no kind of joy in his life at all beyond his roses. Yeah. And, um, there is a bit where they're painting it and then Udukir's character says to him, smile. Yeah. And, and he makes this kind of forced, kind of, you know, kind of yeah. curling in the corners of the mouth. But when you see the picture, when it's revealed, you know, uh, Heyman's kid, it, it looks genuinely happy. And then the yes. painting, you know, and Udukir yeah. had obviously been able just to capture that from it. And it is a wonderful, wonderful painting. Yeah, and it, you see him looking at it in his room and he's kind of, Doing the smiling, but then he he notes he notes that there's a particular brush stroke in the way the sky's been done. This obviously triggers something he remembers. He takes it back to the embassy to get a painting expert who comes in. The painting expert turns out to be a psychologist. Um, <laughs> and um, meanwhile, he's told Udo that he's away for getting his taxes sorted out or something. Ah, uh-huh, um, yeah. And he's obviously left despondent that they don't believe him still. And then he, you know, comes back, and um, you know, like uh, engages with Okir again. And at this point, Kier comes to his house because he's missing the dog, and comes in and they play. They're going to play chess. And when he's at play chess, Okir asks if he has anything to drink. Now Hitler didn't drink; it was teetotal. That's right. Um, yeah. And of course, all I've got is vodka. He's like, do you drink? He's like, yeah, I like to drink. So he starts slamming 
<laughs> it starts. Yeah, sure. It's like basically drinks all his vodka every time he's in the house, and they start to play chess. And I think at this point, like things start to kind of turn. Like, like he starts to like seem more as maybe I'm not sure, but maybe maybe they're right. Maybe I'm. Maybe this is all in my head. Mm-hmm. And these they and, start and, to like really kind of engage in a friendship, which yeah. is kind of cool. And it's at this point, the film carries you along that way as well. Yes. So, you know, initially, the stuff starts to add up, and you're like, he totally is fucking Hitler. By the yeah. Way, that's, you know. <laughs> and then just at that point, you're starting to think, no, he can't. He can't well, he goes through the list. I mean? He goes through, he sits with the list, and he's like that. Um, Hitler didn't drink. Does drink, yeah, you know. Yeah. Hitler but like did this, you know. Like, like he starts going. Had brown eyes, has blue eyes, you know. Yeah. And like starts going through all these things, and he actually sits here. And just at that moment, as the audience and you, you're like, he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. But meanwhile, Udo Kier's got guys next door having a party, and he looks out the window just as one of them's leaving, and like everyone's going out, and one of them turns around and goes. Heil Hitler! Like, yeah. It's like, like, Heil the Führer! And he's like, instantly, you're like, fucking, <gasps> like, you're right uh, back with him, and the, 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 the stomach basically drops out of him. The, the, the time and the way you've described it, it it's more elongated, so you, yeah. you start to, you know, side with Udukir's character yourself. Over yeah, because it becomes reasonable. Everything he says yeah, is yeah, reasonable. Yeah, totally. And so it's just at that point where you're, as the viewer, have now yep. convinced yourself that this isn't Hitler. <clears throat> and as you say, the, these guys turn up at the house, and as they're leaving, the, the last one out takes a couple of steps away, and he turns around and he, he throws the salute, and, and yep. it's Mein Führer. Yeah, Mein Führer, and, that's you know, it, yeah. And I remember going, oh my fucking <laughs> Same as me, I was like, what? He actually is Hitler, do you know? I mean, and obviously, uh, Heyman's character's horrified because he witnesses this. Yeah. But I, I was floored at that point. Yeah. And the film, it, it, it carries on. And even, and, and this is the beauty of it. So at that point, this guy can't be anything other than Hitler. There's a guy in a black coat and fucking trilby yeah. hat throwing Nazi salutes and shouting mind Fuhrer at him, do you know yeah. what I mean? You still don't dislike Udoki's character. He comes around to play chess again, gets very, very, very drunk this time. Yeah, like, and he's talk. like that, he's like, listen, I've, I've got something to tell you. And at that point, he's kind of pulled away again. Mm-hmm. So you don't get this secret. And he's desperate. He's like, he's almost going to tell me. He's almost going to tell me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But he breaks into his house. And when he breaks into his house again, he catches, like, Udo Pervin on the, the frolling that's having to stay over the night. Um, he's kind of standing Who, at the stairs. this watching. one that had been there at the start? Yeah. She's like a lawyer kind of thing. That, She's basically, yeah, he's like, he's a, like a minder slash attorney. Um... And then we kind of move into the last, like the last third of the movie, yeah. which is the confrontation between Heyman and like Udo Kiri, basically, you are Hitler. I know you're Hitler. Yeah. Just tell me you're Hitler. And he is, but he isn't, Baz. Yeah. So at one point, uh, Udo Kier turns to him and he says, how long have you known? Yes. And, and it all, you know, so it all starts to unravel, but... The- and then there's a physical fight, 
and, and Heyman is, is trying to, uh, I think he's trying to choke him to death. Yeah, he's trying, to, he's trying to choke him, he's trying to choke him, and um, but it's revealed that he is, and like, like if you've done any research into this, yeah, this, this is true of, this most dictators true. actually, most dictators yeah. have doubles. Body doubles. Indeed. Yeah, body doubles. Saddam, like, I think Saddam had about eight. Udo Kier's um, character was one of six men who, yes. at the end of the war, had been kind of recruited as these body double of, of Hitler kind of thing. And he had been, I think, the closest to him. Yes. And he then starts to talk about how he was, like, while facially he was the closest that they had, he was a lot heavier than Hitler had been and stuff yeah. like that. And it talks about them. They were starving me for weeks and weeks and weeks to try and get the weight. And I think he talks about one point they actually started subjectly removing yes. bits of flesh and stuff from him to get him down so he was physically the same kind of size as mm-hmm. Hitler, which is all fairly fucking horrendous. And then, and, and again, this is the beauty of it. So all of the, the lingering doubts that you kind of go, because we've all seen it in cheaper horror films, you're like, I but what about that? Yeah. So you've got about five or six of these in the back of your head and one yeah. by one he just yeah. goes through and annihilates them. And yeah. the one was the, the painting because an, an art expert had said to Heyman's character Yeah. I, I've looked at I've studied Hitler's art though, this, this yeah. is him. The, the way he yeah. has painted that this is him. And uh, Udo Kier then reveals he, he had to teach himself how to do this yeah. and then but because basically after Hitler had died and that he was kind of him and the brow line and the, they were just kind of left to what happens now he started kind of creating these fake Hitler paintings that they yeah. realised they could then sell to these supporters you know, which like, were the people that arrived at his house ah uh-huh which yeah. were prevalent in South America for decades, in fact, there's probably a few of them still there. Um, and, and they, so they just let them believe that he was Hitler and that they could then sell him these paintings onto them. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking like, it, it, it culminates, there's, a, there's a, a bit that culminates in the point where he realises, like, like, he's telling the truth. And the bit where he realises he's telling the truth, he actually physically asked O'Kier to take his trousers down and get his testicles out. Yeah. Which, once again, is erring on it. And it comes across as a very comical moment if the payoff on it wasn't so fucking tragic because yeah. you end up with him... Um, you obviously don't see Udo Kier's nuts, um, but you see Heyman's expression, and then he basically curls up on his lap, ah. like, bawling his eyes out. Yeah, that yeah, is the realisation yeah. of he's not Hitler. It's not Hitler. It's, it's not Hitler, not and after all, he's telling, that he's telling the truth. So they actually weirdly make this like kind of bittersweet friendship that you think, well, now he's finally going to have a friend next door. Um, Udo tells him he can like take care of the plant whenever he wants. Uh, you know, you just come in and water whenever you want. He's got a new dog, and the new dog is actually really nice to Heyman. Like yeah. he's like actually like like Udo's no too keen on him because he's no as, as Wolfie. It's not Wolfie, um, yeah, but... yeah, as, as the previous dog. And everything looks like it's coming great, except remember throughout the movie he's been telling the embassy that the guy next door is Hitler. They don't believe him, but as well, turns out they finally did get an expert yeah. in. He finally did look at the picture, and guess because what? Because of the painting, yeah. 
it, it looked like Hitler. So they decide that they're gonna they're gonna basically set up a sting operation next door, yeah. um, and they're gonna let them. They're gonna you know basically they're gonna be there on Monday. And they're going to take care of things, even though Heyman's like, "No, I was wrong." Yeah, like, tr- trust me. Totally I... backpedaling now yeah. at this point. He's going, "No, no, yeah. I made all this up. I'm off my head. You know, I don't know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about." But it's it's too late. It's too late, and you get this like wonderful bit of like this is where the the movie really it fucking levels up in yeah. so many ways. You get like a, a, the kind of last big altercation between the two of them is. Heyman basically saying, listen, my, my family was ultimately taken away because we had a friend who lived on the street that was a German. Oh, and, God, this bit's fucking yeah. heartbreak. Yeah, this is the like, horror in this film for yeah. me. He's, you know, he was, really he was, for horror, this yeah, is it. Yeah, he was our neighbour, he was friendly to us, and you know, we, we all got on and all the rest. And the reason my family was taken away and ultimately taken to the camps and all the rest was because this German turned on us. Turned them in. Yeah, when the moment came, this German turned on us and sold us out. And, you know, I'm not going to do that. Listen, these guys are going to be here on Monday. They know who you are and they're yeah. going to take you away. You and, you know, I, I'm going to do the, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do the other, the other thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the good neighbour in this. Um, and he gives them the heads up. And knowing, like, like knowing what the impact of that is, uh-huh. is, you know, he's saving them, but at the same time, he's losing basically the only friend that he's got. yeah. yeah. And it's it's so fucking well. It's so he's such a good actor, man. Yeah. Like this, like like at the end of this movie, I was like, because like I say, I've always he's always been a like a good actor to me. At the end of this movie, I was like, this yeah. guy's a fucking incredible actor. Yeah. Like really, really good. It's a really kind of heartfelt kind of scene. Um, kind of all tidies up with him moving. They're going to move him away quickly. He even basically says, you know, make a move on the lawyer. Give her one of these. Yeah. You know, give her some of these rosies. And the, you know, embrace, and he gets yeah, the dog. Udo he gets Udo the new Udo dog. Doesn't worry. There's a, there's a bit when they're kind of having that fight before the, it all comes out, and yeah. Udo here says, "No, I don't want to be the funeral anymore." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then obviously the, the explanation all comes out, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Udo Kier doesn't want to live like this anymore, you know, and he obviously has these kind of unrequited feelings for this the woman, the female character. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, just at, at the end, as you say, there's this that last shot, you know, the, 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 and then as you say, they drive off and he leaves yeah. him with the dog. Yeah. And to me, it's that bit when you see him and just standing with the dog at the very end, I was like, ah, this film wasn't about the Hitler character. Yeah. It was about the redemption of Heyman's yep. character. Yep. And it's, yep. you know, 15, 20 years since he lost his family and he was just mm-hmm. this bitter, understandably bitter, you know, sad old man that lived in his own and just didn't want anybody around him and he finds this fucking friend of all people as his adult <laughs> yeah. fucking Hitler um, for all intents and purposes, you know? Yeah. And then even he's taken away. But at the end, Heyman is finally kind of happy yeah. and, and able to have what is left of his life now kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Some some small sense of closure. It really is. It really like because there was a part of me that felt about like just coming out of the last third of the movie, 
where they'd already done the switcheroo, then the switcheroo again. Yeah. That I was thinking, how are they going to end this movie? Like, <laughs> that was, you know what I mean? I was like, genuinely, I was, totally. I was kind of thinking, it's got about 25 minutes, 20 minutes left. How the fuck are they going to land this? this up, yeah. And that, I get a bit of, especially when I'm really enjoying a movie, there, there's that kind of creeping fear of, it's their movie to fuck up here. Yeah, here, yeah. Uh, and they they couldn't have made a more poignant, beautiful ending if they fucking tried. It just it was the perfect ending. It's it's so well done. It was it a is, I cannot stress ending, that. Yeah, right? they actually made this ridiculous premise work. Yeah. <laughs> to get, you know, there is a there is an answer to this film, and it, it's there, and it's yeah. all explained actually makes sense it does yeah and it's it, it's all really quite interesting in that yeah and yet none of that really matters because it's really just about david haven's character yeah getting a little bit of closure to yeah. you and the hour yeah, and a half you've you seen know, him go from one version of, of himself oh man to the version Fucking, that's at the end what a film it's great man it's absolutely great. Uh, yeah, it's out on Signature Entertainment. I don't know if it's been released in the States yet. It's certainly out in the UK. You find that it's available digitally. You can buy it on, I think it's DVD. I don't think it got Blu-ray. Um, but it is, it is available. You can go and find it. I cannot stress this enough. Go and find this movie. Yeah. Um, it's really, 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 really fucking good. Like, yeah. re- like so much better than a movie like this should be. And that's not yeah, me yeah. taking swipes at it at all. I think what they've done here is is so clever and so smart and so so tender it's such a like a, a, i don't know it's weird to describe there's just there's, there's a, love a in this movie in this yeah it's, it's been made lovingly mm. and it, it shows and yet you'll not see you will not see a movie like this this year and i'm i'm kind of I'm, I'm excited that we got in on this because it's only been out a couple of weeks yeah. I, I'm excited that we've got in at this level I also think it is un, it's going to be one of those movies that's just going to be lost and occasionally found by people but if you can get your hands on it uh-huh. please yeah, do yeah. please yeah. do I, oh, I, would, I would love everybody just to go and watch this film um, because it's just uh, I, I don't wax lyrical about movies an awful yeah. lot the way you do you know you there's a lot of films that you have studied in depth and all that, yeah. you know. And it, it does, it takes a lot for me to get this passionate about a film. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think it was absolutely wonderful. It's so clever and it yeah. should have been so shite. It should have been awful. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's just marvellous. Just a wonderful, wonderful film. And we should have been at performances this. That, yeah. You know, can't be. At this stage of the recording, we should have been on Duncan's seventy-fifth reason why this movie sucks, Um, (laughs) and we didn't get one. We didn't get one. So, all right. So that was my neighbour Adolf. Um, We're going to take our final break of this episode. When we come back, myself and Baz are closing the show, and we're doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been Bazzy's Backdoor Cinema, episode number seven, with a review of My Neighbour Adolf. 
the podcast under the stair stance in this movie is we're making it fresh. This is right. Yes, we are. Yes, we are indeed. Right. Um, Baz, I, I, I don't know about you. I'm spent. There's only one way that we could possibly make this night of us being together better. And is that purely by teasing the shaft, rubbing the nub, so to speak, of our listeners by telling them that we're about to switch right into another recording, which yeah. you're not going to get to see for about two weeks, but it's going to be just... Look how happy we are, and we're going into that recording this happy. You just know it's going to be fucking gold. Yeah, it will be. It will be. It will have a very different tone, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a this one, guarantee. This one is, is not making, like, kind of dark humour or light of any atrocities. Yeah. It's just purely showing you them. <laughs> like So, uh, yeah. Uh, we are going to be back in, like I say, a couple of weeks' time. We're going to be talking about the, the BBC documentary on the Ice Cream Wars. It's a two-part documentary. It's available right now on the iPlayer. So if you've got it and you want to make sure you have seen it in time for the recording, you've basically got two weeks to go away and do it. It's two hours, um, so it's not a huge ask. It's incredibly well done. Um, and that's not giving away it's just a really really well done if you, yeah. if you enjoyed the Bible John documentary we talked about before it's of equal quality in terms of investigation delivery source material talking heads the works I'd really, be very really, surprised really if it wasn't made by the same people because visually it's be. very similar as well you know? oh, if, it's a, if it's a BBC Scotland project I can't imagine the documentary wing of the you know, the BBC Scotland team is fucking huge uh, like, like they have their own separate annex to the building and that, I think it's probably the same team it's probably the project they moved on to next um, but that team could literally make anything now and I would fucking watch it I think it's absolutely brilliant. So that's what we're going to be doing next. Um, I'm a, a smidge younger than Baz, and Baz is from that side of the world. So you're going to get two very different opinions um, on growing up in the shadow of what happened. Um, so it's going to be interesting to get to that. So, but until then, though, which is coming in a couple of weeks' time, in the last month of our recording before we close the doors for a couple of weeks and uh, get boozed out of our tits. Um, and also noting the fact that we won't be able to make comments on the next episode as to how amazing our Saturday night it was with the lads. Um, Baz, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners, please? Certainly shall. Um, just to reiterate, folks, if you can get your hands on my neighbour Adolf please yeah, do it. get your hands on it and watch it you'll just have the best time um, I hope you've enjoyed our review of this uh, I hope you're enjoying the video thing see if you're not see if you'd rather just not see your faces just tell us you're all in the Facebook group nobody will get offended just go like that you've ruined the magic I thought Baz was a suave cool looking motherfucker and he's just a weird looking kind of bald looking guy with specs um, and I don't want to see him anymore, and we'll stop doing this. Uh, but <laughs> if not, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the more kind of less regimented Baz stuff nowadays. Back yeah. cinema is a lot different from Baz v Horror and the Bazoween stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice just to be able. To, it's nice not to have to take fucking eighteen pages of notes <laughs> goddamn. Oh That's a rock that you created you for know, your own. I know. I, I know, never said at the start of it's this. It's the rock that I built my castle upon, son. Um, it's nice. This is more relaxing for me as well. So uh, yeah. I hope you're enjoying it, folks. 
Um, and but tune back in for the Ice Cream Wars episode, oh, yes. which I cannot wait to record in the next three to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we need to refresh drinks before we do that. Yes. Uh, right, ladies and gents, thank you very much for checking us out. You ain't getting all the blurb like you usually do on some of the episodes here. We don't do that when the Baz is here because the Baz time is precious and we do have other recordings to do. So suffice to see, thank you very much for checking out this Baz's Backdoor Cinema. The Baz will return in a few weeks' time for the Ice Cream Wars on episode number eight reiterate what Baz says, check out my neighbour Adolf, it's fucking great and until the next time we speak to you wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours please take care of yourselves out there this is Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs and I am signing off <laughs>